So we want to focus our business on roofing, uh, right? We did a little bit of everything, but it's, it's not as efficient. It's harder to scale. We want to really be able to grow and provide uh, a larger impact in the community. So we're focusing on roofing um, and I'm helping create the systems and plans for that. So I am now a CEO. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening and don't forget to spread the show around. We've got a great one for you today. We have Conrad Kaminsky, hired gun CEO at age 23. He's going to talk about the path to that dream. He's going to talk about the role and daily life of a 23-year-old CEO. He's going to talk about excellence being constant improvement and extreme ownership. And we're going to get into the good side of stress. Welcome to the show and welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Well, Conrad Kaminsky, thank you so much for taking time to get off the tractor, stop plowing those fields of grain, quit tending to the cattle out there in Omaha. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. It's going to be fun. All right, Conrad. Well, we're going to get started the same way we always start. And that is, I need to know, what is your definition of excellence? Awesome. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about this and... I think because I'm young, the, the big thing is I kind of have a saying I like to live off of. And that saying is extreme ownership, constant improvement, right? I, I haven't made it yet. I'm always trying to improve. You can always improve. But in order to do that, you got to have extreme ownership. There's a lot in life you can control. There's a lot you can't control. But you got to be able to take ownership of what you can control and make your, your own destiny happen. And that's what I'm trying to do. Make my own destiny happen. In order to make that happen, I got to constantly improve. Okay, so it reminds me of my harmonica I got here. Here's my harmonica. Oops, harmonica. You know, my daughter is in music, and I thought I thought maybe she should learn to play the harmonica. She didn't want to do that. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the band Blues Traveler, but the singer of Blues Traveler actually has a PhD in harmonica. So I decided I need to learn harmonica, I found his address. I sent him a letter, said, hey, I really need you to teach me to play harmonica. The letter came back undelivered and I started taking some lessons and I'm horrible. I can do the choo-choo train. I can blow one single note is really hard. That takes like a week to figure out one single note. I am improving. I own it. I own it. I haven't been practicing. It's still in the box. Stream ownership. Does that make it. me excellent though at the harmonica? No, it doesn't. It depends on if you're constantly trying to improve and constantly taking that extreme ownership. I think, you know, it's, it's what's the edge of excellence is the podcast. And for me, it's, I'm always wanting to be on the edge of excellence. I always want to be trying to push to what's the next excellent thing, right? That's the, that's the point of the constant improvement. Maybe being excellent is hitting a goal, a standard that I've set. But constant improvement is not saying I've hit that goal. I've hit that. I've passed that edge of excellence in this specific topic, task, goal of mine. I'm just going to stop. I want to okay, so constantly me, be improving. I'm, I'm going to add a, uh, because you are young. And I never know how old people are. I was talking to my daughter yesterday. I took my daughter up to L.A. A buddy of mine's a filmmaker. And he flew out from New York and he was editing film and you know, Kennedy doesn't know if she wants to do English or do writing, science. She's also into music. So I called it career exposure. And we drove up to L.A. and we sat in the editing room and it was amazing. It was so love cool. that. Yeah. And, then, and then we're walking down the street and I saw someone with some cool shoes. And I said, hey, I like your shoes, which drives her absolutely crazy. She, she says, it's so weird, Dad. You can't tell people you like their outfits. I said, why not? And she said, that that person was like 18. And I said. I don't know the difference between 18 and 38. 
I'm 50. Everybody looks the same. So I didn't know you were 23. I mean, I, I know I worked with you for quite a few years. Um, your dad came out here. I had lunch with your dad, which was so awesome. I don't know of any other dad that's ever flown out to have lunch with me. And he was awesome. I, I just never knew that you were 23. So obviously at 23, you haven't gotten excellent at a lot of things, but you've been pretty good at things. Could I offer to you that maybe it's being good at something naturally or because of practice that you're constantly improving in and having extreme ownership because of that harmonica. Mm, and then yeah. you start dealing with core competency and you start dealing with, I mean, you, everybody starts off sucking. You start dealing with the patience of sucking and everybody in their twenties wants to be retired by 30 and has got this Instagram pressure all the time to stop sucking because you're not there yet. So I'm going to offer up something that you're naturally good at or good through practice that you take extreme ownership of and you have constant improvement. Mm, I love that. Yes, I love that for sure. And I think you definitely are hitting a point uh, when it comes to interests, right? I, I, having interest in something can definitely help with pushing towards that improvement. I think that's really my big thing for my career is, is I wanted something in the construction industry. Uh, that's where I have my interest. It's really important for me to have ownership about the business I'm running, have ownership about improving, developing in each of those skills that you're talking about. But having that underlying love for the industry, um, I think is important too, for sure. And I think that does drive a lot of the motivation for that improvement. Yeah, find something you love, find something you're interested in, and it's a lot easier to get to 10,000 hours. It's a lot easier to own it. It's a lot easier to not feel like you're working. All right, that is fantastic. Now, we're going to back up a little bit because you're a strange story. So first of all, you're kind of a, I was, I was going to use a bad word, but I can't use a bad word on the show or any more bad words, kind of a meanie because we had a good thing going, Conrad. We were hanging out. I remember one time I looked at your outfit and I said, hey, you can't wear those clothes anymore. It looks ridiculous. So I bought you some clothes. And I don't know if you know this, but Marky Mark owns that company that I bought those clothes from. Oh, and I not, didn't. I wear them all the time still. I'm not talking about like a lame member of the Funky Bunch, the Mark Wahlberg. I didn't know. I, I, knew, I knew my buddy was a part of that company, which is why I got that code. But I was watching some Marky Mark show because who doesn't love Marky Mark? And it's one of the gazillion businesses he owns. A shout out to Municipal Clothing. So I bought you clothes and I was making fun of your shorts, which again, I'm trying to work on my bulliness. I've got my spiritual guru. I'm trying to be nicer. And then we went and bought the clothes. It turns out you're right and I'm wrong because the clothes I bought you were exactly the same clothes you were already wearing because you have a better fashion taste than me. But we had a good thing going. And as I remember, um, we'll get into your high school life and we'll get into your college life. But I guess you came and you started working at College Works when you were a sophomore, I think. Yep, I was a sophomore, first year at K-State. Yeah, so you were a sophomore. And were you the best manager that year? No, not even close. Were you not that good? I did 90. I did good. <laughs> 90's pretty good. I, I forget 90's not that close. That's great. Hey, if you do $60,000 or $50,000 at College Works, you're crushing it. Love you get some reference letters to you. Um, that's a big number. 90 is a huge number, but I know people do bigger numbers. Than that. So, but I, I knew you, I came out, we did some activities in Kansas together, but then you became a, a district manager. And so, you know, I get a lot of contact with the district managers and then you were the best district manager, the rookie district manager of the year. And I believe that year you did $1,009,000. Yep. Uh, well, seven million seventeen was what we ended off. Very close, right there. You snuck a another job in there after I checked the stats. So you were the Probably first, did. <laughs> first person ever to do a million as a rookie district manager. I believe we have a statue with your face on it, right? You know what's weird? We do. And for some reason, we didn't send it to you. So yeah, I make a statue. Anybody that does a million dollars, because first there was one, then there was two. I think there's only five people in the history of the company, I'm writing it down. Conrad statue. Yeah, we have a statue in our office with your face on it. Oh, cool. great. And, and the <laughs> reason why it. we have that, the first person to do a million dollars was kind of an egomaniac. And I thought, what would this guy really want? A statue with his face on it. And then that, 
that, and I know you're the exact opposite of an egomaniac. You're a giver, you're a lover, you're a, a philanthropist, uh, but we're still going to give you the statue because we already have it. And uh, it, it didn't get sent out. And I found that out from Jack as well. So you're the first person ever to do a million dollars. And then you come back and you did district managing again and had some huge numbers. And then we had this weird conversation. And, you know, this always makes me sad. You know, I like I want everybody to work here forever. And I know College Works is a stepping stone business. And this is not an advertisement for College Works. This is an interesting part of the story. If you're listening right now, we only have College Works in the Midwest. We know you're in California. We know you're in Washington, D.C. We're going to get to the good stuff. But here's what Conrad did. And he said, Matt, I'm leaving you. And I went, what are you doing, dude? You're not leaving us. You're going to start a business with us. We've got a future. We've got all these companies you can go work in. We're not letting you go. No, I'm leaving. And I said, okay, you're leaving. You're going to go start the competitive company of Tesla. No, I'm not going to do that. You're going to go fly to Mars. No, I'm not going to do that. You're going to become governor of Kansas next week. No, I'm not, not going to do that. Okay, Conrad, what are you going to do? And you told me that you were going to spend a year working in manual labor, learning all the trades. And I said, what? And we had this long conversation and you had this theory that you would, you wanted to start building houses and become a home builder. And you had this plan. You had this theory that if I go out there and I learn all the different elements of building a house, also called trades, I'm going to be a carpenter. I'm going to be a, a, a tile masonry type person. I'm going to learn the plumbing. I'm going to learn the electrical. And I'm sitting there going, Conrad, you're absolutely crazy. Do that for a week. Conrad, you're a nutcase. Nope, nope, nope. This is what I'm going to do. So you made me eat my words, sort of. And this, we're going to get to this. We're not getting to it yet. But Conrad left the year he graduated from college. Graduated from college. Conrad is only 23 years old. Joined a company, not the company that his dad hooked him up with. Not the company that his godfather was trying to hire him from. Not the companies I was trying to hook him up with. Had all these opportunities. And went started working in a random company where he knew no one. Safefield, Sawfield Roofing, right? Sawfield Roofing. Yeah, Sawfield Roofing. And started off in November of 2021 as a framer, and proceeded to go on the path that he had laid out for me. This weird path that nobody ever heard of. But wait a second. Wait a second. It's April 29th. So let's see. December, January, February, March, April. So it's been five months. So by now you've done your three months of framing and you must be have moved on to three months of the next trade, right? Is that what's going on? Not quite. It, things went a little differently. What happened? Okay. So as, as I was learning the skills of framing, and you're absolutely right, you know, the, the, the skills I was trying to gain goes back to, if you want to play college works, is painters usually make great managers. Why? Because they have the back-end experience. They know how it works. And, and this kind of something that I was learning as a young man from my dad. He wanted me to work my way up, be a manual labor guy. So then when you're managing these people, you know what they've been through. You know how they feel. You know the resources that's required for them to succeed, et cetera. So that's what I really wanted to do with home building is I wanted to feel what it felt like for the guys that are going to be on my team, the guys that I'm going to be supporting, guys I'm going to be providing jobs for, and how can I make their day a little easier? How can I make them make more money? And 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 how can I improve the home building game? So with these guys, as I'm the manual labor guy, I got to frame a few houses. Uh, we put on sort of Tesla roof. We did um, some some really fun deck projects and some different things like that. So I was gaining the skills. I saw some of these inefficiencies and some of it just came with, you know, some organization, some systems, things like that. We can all improve. And so I slowly started adding some of my value. Hey, what, what, let me make an inventory list for tomorrow. So we're prepared. Uh, let's talk about um, what we need to get done tomorrow. What's our plan for the week? What extra materials do we need to order? Things of that nature in order to show my value. From here, uh, I've been talking, it's, it's off season. We run very similar to you guys, uh, seasonal wise, because you gotta have the warm weather for the tar strips to stick on roofing. Uh, so we also run very much a summer. So we've been doing a lot of sales and he knew I had some sales and management 
uh, background. This is the second partner who does mostly the sales side of it. And so um, he said, if you would like to work with me too and getting everything ready, give me some input, I would love that. So through these last few months in the winter, it was a combo of initially all manual labor, helping out some of the production side from what I've learned, and then now helping with the sales side. From here, um, we, we really decided that w- the path we want to go is focus. So we want to focus our business on roofing, uh, right? We did a little bit of everything, but it's, it's not as efficient. It's harder to scale. We want to really be able to grow and provide uh, a larger impact in the community. So we're focusing on roofing um, and I'm helping create the systems and plans for that. So I am now a CEO, a CEO of the company. Yeah, so we we have to stop for a second here. Wait a second. I'm looking for my yellow flag. Oh, I got one. Yellow flag, yellow flag. (laughs) I I was waiting for you to cut me off where you wanted me to stop. I I don't know how many of these episodes I've done, but I'm kind of on a a mission to help bring patience to your generation. And I tell everybody, you're not going to be CEO by the time you're 23. Um, You're not going to be able to retire by the time you're 35. And I promise you, Conrad, you're not retiring by the time you're 35. But you, so twice you proved me wrong. Once I said, that's a dumb idea. I didn't say it that way. I probably said, do you think that most CEOs have done all the different aspects of the business? Do you think that so-and-so? And you said, shut up, man. I'm going to go do it my way. Um, so I, I, I kind of talked to the 20-somethings about listening to other people and gaining knowledge from other people. You skip that step. Um, I talk about hey, you know what, look at the long term. What are the real pieces? You kind of had your own path. But the one thing I say, and I've had many episodes, many people on to show the real path is you're not going to be CEO by 23 unless you start the company yourself. And it's not going to be that big of a company when you're 23. And you're definitely not going to retire by the time you're 35 because you're going to be bored. You're going to go crazy. You're going to want to keep working. So you proved me wrong on uh, three of the four things. So you came into a company and we're going to get back to your path. But at 23 years old, one year out of college, you come to an existing business at the absolute lowest level. Well, I mean, you were made 175 grand your last year of college or something like that, right? Yeah, well below your pay scale, well below your skill set. And you start, and I love what you said here, Conrad. This is this is non-Gen Z adding value. You said, I'm gonna bring my value. Now, a lot of people in your generation say, What are you gonna do for me? And they go do an interview and they're like, here's why the company's so great for me. Don't care. Why are you great for the company? So you got that old wisdom in you and you're thinking, how do I add value? How do I value? And I know you, you're not a selfish dude. You're an altruistic dude. You were doing it to add value. You weren't doing it to get a promotion. You had your plan. And I know you, you're bullheaded. I tried to break you down and shot. <laughs> we sent a whole army of people to break you down. You're bullheaded. But you're sitting there adding value for the right reason. I want to improve the business. I want to help it grow. Now I'm going to move on to the roofing project next because I still want to learn my, my skill set. Um, and this company said, wait a second. And th- th- these guys are smart guys, right? They plucked you early. They said, if we don't take this kid now, we're going to lose the opportunity. And at 23 years old, um, five months out of your last job, I think seven months out of college, they made you CEO of the existing company. That's a pretty decent sized company. The existing CEO moved to chief operations officer, which right there is, I mean, I, boom, it just baffles my mind. I mean, some 23 year old is going to come in and take my job and I'm going to move down. So what a mature guy, what a great business person, what a great thinker putting the, putting the young guy in the, in the big seat and letting him go with it because he thinks, and I guarantee he'd do a better job than you right now. And I hate to say that, but I'm 50 and you're 23. And there's, I just can't even contemplate that. And this show's not about accuracy. It's about my opinion. Uh, <laughs> so he moves aside and lets you become CEO. So you are the first guest that I've ever had on my podcast that actually got the CEO job before 25. I know everybody has the goal. I didn't think it was possible. I also didn't think it was possible for a rookie to do a million dollars. And here you are. Congratulations, Conrad. I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, I haven't taken a step back to think of it like that. And I, and I think that's, you know, a part of my my bullheaded stubbornness is to try to constant improvement. How can I keep growing? How can I keep helping? Wait a second. Um, Hold on. Where's my flag? Here it is again. Another flag. Go another ahead. Another flag. 
What have you not stopped to think about? Have you not stopped to think about, oh my God, look how awesome I am? Or have you not stopped to think about, oh, look at this company. How mature is this company? How zen is this company? Or have you not stopped to think about who are these leaders I'm now partnered up with? These guys have got a good head on their shoulders. Which of those three have you not stopped to think about? Uh, the personal pride thing. I, oh, the first one. The, I don't have the old, I don't pat myself on the back routine. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of I, a lot of interest in that. I, I do definitely recognize the strengths um, that, that the partners bring quite a bit. I think that's one reason we're transitioning into the roles we are in order to we recognize that each of us have a very different strength that we need together. Um, and so they are very mature in the business way, which I love um, to be able to work with them. Great group of people. Great, great company. That all right. All stop again. Stop again. Stop Go ahead. ahead. Okay, so this is a community service announcement. Community service announcement. If you are listening in your car right now on 1.5 speed and you've been crushing it, congratulate yourself. If you got an A on a test or a B on a test because you never get Bs, congratulate yourself. If you woke up this morning and you didn't think three great things about yourself, stop the car right now, pull over, write down three great things about yourself because it's important to celebrate. Now, I know high achieving people and, I, and I'm kind of the worst of it, are constantly trying to fix, trying to fix. It's broken, fix, fix, fix. But it grinds you down. So we have to stop and celebrate ourselves, celebrate ourselves. And I'm not saying pull over for a year and celebrate. I'm not saying join the van life and pack it in and retire at 28 because you just got your first deal. But I am saying we got to stop and encourage our psyche and say, hey, Conrad, that's an unbelievable story. Hey, Conrad, you took some chances. So if you're listening right now and you want to be Conrad, first of all, it doesn't happen. Um, but you can't be Conrad in your 30s. You can't be CEO by the time you're 30, maybe, if you take the right steps. But celebrate those steps, right? Celebrate adding value to the company. You know, I'm a good guy. I added value to the company. Celebrate that you're doing things that nobody ever does because that'll give you the energy to keep doing it. And the goals are like a horizon. You never get there. So a uh, little community service announcement, celebrate, and we are celebrating Conrad. But before we get into your story, Conrad, we're going to break a script here a little bit. Um, I had a call with your dad, and uh, um, I have a little multiple choice uh, questions for you. Oh, geez. So I know that <laughs> after you left us, you moved from Kansas to Omaha. Um, first of all, before we talk about that, have you ever been to the corndog place behind the Marriott, Kansas State? It's got donuts and corn dogs. Yes. Is it yes. called what's it called? It's like a little oh, trailer. It, it's the yeah, it's the cart behind Johnny Cause. Oh god. Okay, if you're from it's, Kansas right now, we don't know. You can phone us, you can text us, but this is being recorded months before you listen to it. That place is awesome. We had training there, we kept going there. It's my favorite corn dog. I think about it all the time. But back to the back to the so community. Good. Back to the multiple choice. We've got some yes-no questions your dad and I came up with some multiple choice questions. Um, it's mostly for the audience. And again, doesn't really align with my values of being kind. But Conrad, are you married yet? Are you married? Nope. Okay, that was the yes, no question. Uh, here's the multiple choice. Is that because you don't know she's the one, you love living in sin, or you're afraid of commitment? You have been talking to my father. <laughs> <laughs> um, none of the, those answers. Are well, that's not, that's, not one of the, that's not one of the answers. Is that because you don't know that she's the one you love living in sin or you're afraid of commitment? It's a multiple choice. There's no none of the above. Okay, we'll skip that question. We'll skip that. That's kind of a mean bully That's a question. Hard one. Conrad. That's a hard one. Uh, the answer to that question is, by the way, uh, shut up, Matt. None of your business. Uh, did you buy a <laughs> did you buy a ring yet? Absolutely. Wait, you're saying you bought a ring and this thing's gonna air. And what if she doesn't know you have a ring? We've been engaged for a few months. Oh, shoot. I didn't even know that. Okay. Okay. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast. It's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, 
you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. Okay, I did not know you'd been engaged. Do you have a date? Yes. Yep. We have oh a my date. God, we're going to need to edit this whole section out. I was trying to put some extreme pressure on you. I, we hey, got, I was gonna... working at College Works when we got engaged. Okay, hold on a second. Editors, we got to edit that part out because it's not nearly as funny as I thought it was going to be. Okay, we're going to get back to it. The editors are going to go back and edit that <laughs> entire part about the multiple choice. We'll we'll try it again, though, real quick. Um, Conrad, uh, I've been talking to your dad. And uh, I've got a yes, no, and some multiple choice questions for you. Uh, last time I talked to you, you were living in sin and moving to Omaha. Conrad, your dad and I want to know, are you married yet? So we're engaged. Oh, no. Because my next question was, because I thought you were going to say no. And my next question was, is that because you don't know that she's the one you love living in sin or you're afraid of commitment? And that's when it was going to get really funny. Uh, but once again, I'm stifled by Conrad. <laughs> okay, that was well, not on purpose. Okay, well, I'm glad that to, well, none purpose. of this was on purpose. You didn't purposely set out to become a CEO at 23 years old. You probably didn't purposely set out to break my heart and leave my business. And I probably should have known you were engaged and maybe my <laughs> old brain didn't remember your grades. Congratulations. Your life's going great, dude. You're 23. You're a CEO of a company. You've got a ton of money in the bank. You got a beautiful, wonderful, fun, intelligent, perfect, professional. Um, fiance, not girlfriend. So let's go back in time. How did all this happen? What was life like in high school? You're wakeboarding with Ashton. You're playing football. Did you know in high school that you needed to get ahead or were you just kind of going through the motions? You know, I think I always wanted to be successful, but I put no pressure on myself at the time to, to work for it in a, any career wise. Um, me and Ashton, we'd, Working the summer for my dad as manual labor guys, just making money, uh, chipping concrete, sweeping shops, things like that. Just typical manual labor work. Once in a while, we'd goof around. I'll, I'll give my dad some crap back here. We did some lawnmower races and some uh, ice basketball and just typical typical high schooler going through their manual labor job. So we, we didn't take it as you know seriously as we should. Uh, or just career-wise, but we were both always um, super competitive when it came to football. I think that that was my big difference is I put my energy there and towards my athletic um, potential career instead of my professional career. Because you're in high school, what else matters besides you know playing football, hitting the pads, and going to school? That's all you got to do. You missed one thing. Uh, flag. Got to throw another flag. Um, Another so flag. you got, you got to, uh, we got to think like the average person. So most people in the, and I know it's hard. Most people in the U S not most people, but a lot of people, they got their kids in sports or they're in sports. And the parents are saying, you can't work Conrad. You've got to be ready for football. Conrad, you've got such a commitment with football. You don't have time for work. And I, he I hear from my own wife. I hear from my own wife. I'm like, no, Jill. The kids need a job. So you're doing your best. You don't really have this long-term view. You're just doing your best. Um, you're having a good time. You're in sports. You're not really in sports because you know it's teaching you team building skills. It's teaching you hard work. It's teaching you perseverance. It's teaching you um, communication skills. It's teaching you interpersonal skills. You're in it because you love football, right? Absolutely. But yep. you also had a job. So Correct. Uh, you have school. You have football, you have a social life, you have a job. You're not trying to be the best. You may not be aware of it, um, but you're competitive. So you're, you know, getting pretty good grades. Were you getting pretty good mm -hmm. grades? Yep. I graduated the 4.0. Okay. So you're getting perfect grades. You are, are playing football pretty well because I know you played football in college. You're hanging out with the right people. And I don't know how Ashton was in high school, but I know Ashton now. He's a sweet guy. Like he, he's he's a sweetheart. And that's a weird thing to say. But if you think about his heart, 
he's got a sweetheart. Um, Absolutely. But you, so you weren't so conscious that you were kind of headed on this path to 23 and CEO. You were just kind of on the path, having a good time. Exactly. exactly. Okay. So, so let's fast forward. So, so fast you, forward first year college. Yeah, let's do that. First year college, uh, a, a very different looking Conrad. I was almost 300 pounds. I was a lineman. So I played center and I went to Benedictine where again, I, I was going to get a business degree, but the focus was football. Nothing really career-wise I was you know, pushing hard towards. I, I, I've always loved construction. I've loved building. I didn't know if I wanted to go commercial, residential, et cetera. I did know I wanted to be the boss. I wanted to be a CEO. I've seen that you know, from my dad. I've seen that from other just career examples in my life. And I knew I wanted, I wanted to run the show. I was the captain of the football team. That was important to me um, because I wanted to help lead the team. I've always been a natural leader in everything I've done. So I had no extreme goal of being CEO at 23 or anything like that at this time. I also, at this time, is when all of my injuries start stra- uh, stacking up. So I can't straighten my arm. There we go. Okay, twins there. I had ACL surgery. Um, I tore my pec. Pretty much did it all. Uh, ligaments in my both ankles. And so I decided, it was, it was really hard for me, but I decided that I'm going to hang up the cleats. And, you know, I, I'd always say, I want to be able to walk when I'm 45 and go play outside with my kids and all that stuff. And the way I'm going, I'm having to tape up with splints and everything just to go practice. And so I I had to make a decision. This is not healthy for me. This is not good for me. That's also why I transferred. I love the school, but I decided I'm going to go to K-State as a press start. Okay. So, so So your dad was a role model to you, right? Absolutely. He's in business. Um, he, he probably helps you make sure you have a job and do sports. So you're naturally looking to your dad for guidance. And if you're listening right now and you don't have a lot of role models at home, you can go find other role models. And I did a, I did a podcast yesterday with a buddy of mine who became a tennis pro when he was really young and you know, his parents were really good role models, but he talks about throughout his life, he found other people as well. And he said to show gratitude and let them know what they taught you. Um, so, and I, and I've talked to your dad and, uh, and I know you tell them, and I know you tell your mom what they taught you and how thankful you are. And you've got this great relationship. And if you're listening right now and you haven't told your mom and dad, how thankful you are, give them a call, stop the car first, press pause on the podcast. After you hit the subscribe button, give them a call and let them know, not just that you love them, not just that they did great, but specifically what they did show gratitude specifically. So you got your, this role model dad that you're utilizing. And then you had kind of a serendipitous win where your body broke down and you had to change your program. So you go to K-State where they have Varsity Donuts is the name of that place. Varsity Donuts. If you're in, if you're in Manhattan, Kansas, Varsity Donuts is well worth the stop. Um, so you go to K-State for a fresh start. Now, at this point in time, did you realize, okay, I don't have football anymore. I got to do something to get ahead. Or was it still serendipity and just chance that brought you to me? So my number one thing was I said, okay, I'm now not playing football. I don't have to eat a ton and be 300 pounds. I'm going to cut all the weight. I'm going to cut it all. That was the only thing I was really focusing on. So I spent that summer until about December. Um, it was about five months and I cut about 125 pounds. So I dropped from uh, 300 pounds, about 180. I was only eating chicken, rice, cardio, and lifting. Um, and that's what I, that in school, those were my first semester, big, um, my big focus. So that's two things that were long-term your joints are falling apart. You know, you're not going to go pro, right? So why spend the next four years trashing your body and unable to walk at 23. And then the second choice was it's not healthy to be 300 pounds. I need to lose weight. And again, you get to your commitment to your commitment. You get to your action planning, following your commit, committing to your plan. So you've got these life habits. And if you're listening right now, it doesn't matter what your goals are. Um, these, these, this, is a, this is a system that Conrad has. Identify the goal. And these are long-term goals. I need to be healthy. I need to walk. What are you doing it for? So what's your goal first? One, goal. 
Two, why? If you don't know the why, you're not going to be into it. Three, make a plan. And your plan was chicken and rice, cardio, lifting. Track it. Four, measure it. And five, you got to commit to your commitment. You didn't have chicken and rice and then a bunch of ice cream on the weekend. You commit to your commitment. You track it. You miraculously lose uh, 120 pounds in five months. Um, and now it's December and somebody comes into a class and you decide you're going to try this stupid painting thing. Exactly. Exactly. So I was uh, sitting in math class and actually it wasn't until March. Um, it wasn't until March. I was sitting in math class. By this time, I'd done a bunch of research about internships. I, I like to know what I'm getting myself into and make a plan. And the next thing in goal I had after a lot losing the weight was what am I going to do for my career? I want to do something to help out my career. So I either want to get a good internship. I want to get a good job. And so that was what I was searching for. Um, and so it wasn't till March. It was in one of my math classes. Someone came in and said, you get to learn how to run a business. It's in contracting. And, uh, We'll teach you everything. And I signed it. I said, perfect. Sign me up. I don't even care what this is. I get to learn how to run a business in contracting. Amazing. That's, that's my whole goal. And so um, I ended up going to through the whole interview process. And I found out more that I get to learn how to sell, how to market, how to produce, how to hire. I get to learn all the skills of already being a, wanting to be a CEO, entrepreneur, and have my own company. But I get to do that under someone else's guidance in the industry I already like, it was no brainer for me. I said, deal, I don't care how much I got to work. All right. So you got your system. So you go from high school, you know, kind of going with the process, being competitive to this life change to this new system that works goal. Here it is again. If you're listening, goal, why plan, measure, commit, then you come up with new goals because when you hit a goal, Stop and celebrate. Don't forget that, Conrad. Then you get a new set of goals. And your new set of goal is, goals are, I need to work on my professional life. Serendipitously, again, someone comes in the math class. You choose the college works thing. And if you're listening, it doesn't have to be the college works thing. But it has to be really hard. And it has to get you out of your comfort zone. And it has to expose you to a bunch of skills, not just getting coffee. Um, so you found you're actually running a business. And you kept saying, we never say contracting business. Because CollegeWorks isn't for people that want to be in contracting business. CollegeWorks is for people that want to be in leadership. Most of them don't want to be in the contracting business. So, so you hear what you hear, and you get started with that, and then the rest is history. Rookie manager, or, well, 90 grand manager, rookie man, district manager of the year, district manager of the year, CEO by 23. Um, so that's an amazing story. You didn't know to separate yourself. Then you did know to separate yourself. And I'm going to ask you a question. And it's, you know, what was your biggest struggle at College Works and how did you get through? But answer it in a way that would help people that can't do College Works because they don't live in one of the 12 Midwestern states or don't want to do College Works because they're crazy. What was your biggest struggle? How did you get through? What did you learn and how do you apply it to life now? So my biggest struggle hit halfway through my first year. Um, and I was incredibly unorganized. And I was stressed out and I was just going, going, going. And I was reacting. I wasn't ever proactive. I never had a plan, a game plan. I was just always reacting. And so for everyone, and this was the big game changer for me. This is why I wanted to come back and be a DM and be able to teach other people this skill that helped me out so much. It was the aha clicking moment. And that was realizing that you have more control and you can take more control in your life than you believe initially. And so why is that important? And, and, and how does that relate to organizing and planning? It's hard to take control, have a plan, accomplish your goals. If you are not organized, you, you haven't even made a plan and you're just reacting. It's very hard to take that step back and say, where do I want to be in five years? How am I going to get there? And go through the process that we've just talked about. If all you're doing is reacting to the stress, reacting to the stress, reacting to the stress, the stress is always going to be there. And actually, the stress is really only there and makes you feel very stressed because you don't have the systems and plan to know how you should react to it. And so taking that step back, getting that breather and saying, okay, how do I want to get there? Going through the, the, the list that we've talked about today, 
was the big eye opener for me. And, and it's very simple as, you know, something of if I want to get in better shape, I can go on a walk every day and just making that plan. My plan of action is to go on a walk every day. Of course, as you gain tolerance to that, you will keep constant improvement of that plan. But take the first step. The first step is not going on the walk. It's making the plan that I'm going to go on these walks and this is why it's good for me and buying into that. Okay. So even though you're organized, even though you have a five-step plan, even though you just changed your physical appearance in a major way, you still considered yourself not that organized and, and life, life is practice, right? So sometimes you're crushing it and doing well. Sometimes you're not. So even though you were doing it on this side of your life, you hadn't applied it to the business side of your life. So you needed to bring your organization skills into a new arena, the professional arena, even though you're able to handle stress in sports, which isn't really that stressful, but handle stress of school. You grew up in a different generation than I did with Instagram, throwing stress and anxiety in your face all the time. Turn off the damn Instagram. It's all a lie. You needed to apply that to um, the business situation. So you sat down again. You didn't complain. You didn't say, okay, I'm not doing well enough. You got yourself organized. You figured out some stress handling skills and you started to become proactive. So what do you mean by proactive? And you, what, what did you do that was proactive versus reactive? And how did you start to implement proactivity into your life? Well, it, being proactive is just, for me, it was just actually planning what my day looks like and what's going to do. Something that simple was how I initially started. Because I would always say this my my balance was was definitely off when I started and once I started pushing hard career wise cuz I never had yes I had a job in high school and stuff but to actually be building a career I didn't have. So adding that in almost threw everything out of whack because instead of going with the plan I had I said, I'll focus on here and I'll figure it out. Well, what ended up happening is the first few months, I don't see myself eating as healthy as I should. I'm going, 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 stop at the gas station. And so that plan starts going downhill. I'm not having as good of, like you said, free time. Um, gym wasn't getting to the gym. And so taking a step back and for me, it was the simple step of getting organized, of, of my day-to-day time management and, and life balance. That was my big step back. And so I think it's the first steps when you're adding something in and you get in this, this cycle of it's new, there's an extra stress, it's a lot of pressure, just react to it, fix it. How do I fix it? How do I get through it? How do I fix it? How do I get through it? But there's always going to be a next thing. There's always, you're always going to add something to the list. And so being able to just whatever you're stressed about, whatever you're concerned about, taking a step away from it. And and I think almost that distance gives you that mental clarity because you don't see it when you're in it day to day in that cycle, trying to just get through the problem, fix the different, the um, thing that popped up, you know, I'm not getting enough sleep. So you step back, you take a look at the situation, what's creating problems. You have a diagnostics. And then you make another plan and you're back to your five steps. Step back, diagnose. Now that's on the top of the plan. And then make a goal, figure out why, make a plan, measure it, commit to it. And um, if you're listening right now and, you know, Conrad got himself organized, Conrad started putting in pre-work, started budgeting too much time, started prioritizing his day, was looking into the long term. Um, there's a system you can get right on our website. So you can, you'll hear it in the mid reel because college works pays for this podcast. So you can go on collegeworks.com slash podcast and you can download our time management white paper, which is basically an hour long talk that we condense to a white paper. There's also an episode on our podcast on time management. That's a 20 minute version of the same thing. And then YouTube, there's an hour long version of the time management training that Conrad used to step back take a look, diagnose, and then go through a system. So you've been doing that. That system works everywhere. You probably, that's probably some of the added value you brought to your new company. Can you tell us a little bit, you know, now at the ripe old age of 23, what's your day in the life? What do you, what do you do as the CEO of this roofing company? Yeah, absolutely. So um, right now we're trans uh, transitioning out of, we did a lot of different projects. 
um, went building new houses. We were working with different materials and we're really focusing on um, specifically now asphalt and metal roofing and light commercial. So we'll do light commercial as like apartment complexes and, and asphalt roofing, no more of the building and all that stuff. Um, so the day in the life for Conrad is show up and first is make sure everyone's going, uh, make sure we've got the, we have Jimmy, Raphael, et cetera, our, our day-to-day guys, either what is their workflow for the day that we've already planned out ahead of time? Uh, are they running trailers? Are they going and helping on this project, et cetera? From there, they get going and step back into now sales for what projects do we currently have that we've just sold and what of those projects needs to be plugged into the um, CRM system and materials ordered. Now, after that is where I get into a lot of the system, the creating of systems. So I've been creating systems with every process, every part of the sales process. So one of my partners, for example, is amazing at sales. I mean, he, he sold massive, massive roofs, um, just sold a quarter million dollar roof, a uh, single roof, homeowner too. It's not an apartment complex, it's a home. And so he's great at sales, but my job is how can I get out what he does to succeed to be able to teach others, right? And that's a skill I've learned uh, from College Works and being able to manage and teach the systems is College Works does an amazing job of having a very organized system to teach students so they can gain those business skills. If, if, if College Works is very unorganized, it wouldn't be nearly as efficient as it is. And so how can I pull out that skill that he has to be able to sell the roofs? And how can I be able to create a system of training and a process to be able to hire someone, teach them that and replicate it? So my big job just with my experience has been getting out what allows us to succeed. And a lot of that's just in their brain from the years of doing it, the years of experience, being able to be a decade old company succeeding very well. You know, how do we grow that now? How do we scale that? How can I bring in anyone that has the proper qualifications and now teach them the the factors that create success for, for the individual partner? So that's what a lot of times the second half of my day looks like is creating those training and management systems after we get the day-to-day going, of course. All right, so you start off and you're checking your plan back to your system again. Your plan and your metrics for production, sales, supplies. Then back to your system again. You're, cre- you're, you're proactively creating a system and a plan for the future sales systems, production systems. You're identifying what works, what doesn't work every day, training what works, getting rid of what doesn't work. You didn't mention finance. I'm sure there's some finance meetings in there to make sure that the uh, bank lines are funding and the cash is coming in and the payments are collected. The all important thing that us sales guys tend to forget when we're talking about business. Okay, so that's fantastic. Uh, By the way, is that a picture of your dad behind you? No, this was my college works book. Oh, it is right behind that, you. I, I thought I, it was a frame picture of your dad. It's actually your book of college works. Yeah, come on, awesome. I gotta have that reminder. And, and for down. and for for the record, I did not call your dad and talk to him about you getting married or not. If I had, he would have told me that you're engaged. Um, I have one more question for you before I let you go. Um, if you went way, way, way back in time, usually people are you know over 30 that I have on this. Sometimes they're over 40. Sometimes they're even over 50. Um, and we can say, hey, what would you tell your 20 year old self to do again? Like, what did you sacrifice? Maybe it was the football thing. What did you sacrifice that, that t- at the time you thought was going to be a regret? But looking back, you'd go back in time and say, do it again, do it again, do it again. Mm, what would I sacrifice? What sacrifice did you make that you're so glad you made? I, I think for me, the, the hardest one that changed everything would be, fortunately, giving up the cleats. As much as I hate to say that, um, I, I needed to know what was best for me, not what I, what I wanted to do. I was the type of person where I would, I mean, I still can't straighten my elbow. I'd tape everything up, my knees, ankles. I'd be a walking board out there. But as long as I can get out there and play, that's what I wanted. And so I had to, 
take that take that emotion out of it and say, okay, if I look at this objectively, what are you doing? You are destroying your body. You're absolutely destroying your body. You're not letting it heal. You're just pushing through the pain. And, and so I think that was the one thing that I would tell myself going back, you made the right decision. The one thing I would say that I wish I, of course, would have learned earlier, but a big thing with me going back was taking self-ownership and, and really buying in to myself. Because I know when I first started you know, with college works, and I'm sure this is every salesperson of, oh, that was the bad customer. Oh, I, I could never have sold them. Oh, that was just not a good lead. That was not this. That was not this. Okay, well, you're not doing anything about it at that point. There's nothing good you're doing. Control. Take, Keep yourself in control. control. Yeah, take some ownership. And, and how are you going to allow success for you and others? Because at the end of the day, if you can't control it, why are you letting it beat you up? Let's focus on succeeding with what you can control. Yeah, if an airplane crashed into my house today, I wouldn't be pissed off at the airline. I'd wonder why I didn't move yesterday, because at least I have control. Well, Conrad, Conrad Kaminsky, you're looking good. <laughs> Thank um, it's you. It's so nice to see you after Absolutely. all these weeks since I last saw you. Feels like years, though. Really appreciate you taking time out of your super busy job, probably a bit of proving yourself to others. And we wish you all the luck, all the all the all the luck and all the success. Your dad's proud of you. Your mom's proud of you. College Works is proud of you. I'm proud of you. We all believe in you. Thanks for making time for the Edge of Excellence. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And keep inspiring people like me. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.